shaker. We can actually make it all about the salt shaker, but who knows, it's got nothing to do about the salt shaker. It's got everything to do about the, what's inside the shaker. Yeah? Amen? That we've made it about the church service, but who knows that the responsibility, you know, what we like to do is we like to make church and Christ's mission about the church service, and then all of a sudden we can take that responsibility and push it off from ourselves and put it onto the pastor, you know? Steve, how's he making this salty in this world? You know, how's, what's he, Pastor Steve, what's he doing, you know? What, what is he doing? We, we can push that off, and it's funny, because my brother, he's got a couple of girls, and, um, and him and his wife, whenever they go to my mum's house, his rule is whenever I come into my mum's house, all of a sudden, the responsibility of my girls become mums. You know, so his little two little girls, as soon as he comes in to my mum's house, his mum's house, all of a sudden they become, the responsibility of those girls are no longer his, but they're his mum, they're, grandma, they're grandma's responsibility now. Anyone else have that rule? No, I thought it was a, a, a different rule. You know, I, I thought it was a weird rule. And the, the reason is, is Dan just doesn't want his responsibility right there, there for his girls. He just wants to push it on my mum. And so whenever he's there, he loves that, you know, where it's, it's her responsibility now. And so what does he do when he's at my mum's house? He just goes on the TV and watches TV. You know, he's just having his, just him time, his me time. He, that's why he enjoys going over there, I think. <laughs> but there he is, he goes, and why is that? Because he wants to move the responsibility. And you know what? That's what we like to do as well, as people. We like to put and shift responsibility from ourselves to other people. You know, have you ever... You know, caught yourself in that place where, you know, um, you might be in a robust discussion with your wife or your husband, you know, and why the house is how it is, and it's, it's always the other person's fault, right? It's always, we, we, we like to deflect responsibility, you know, and, and blame, we like to deflect that on. And you know what, the salt shaker is not the church service, but it's actually the salt, like the reason, our salt shaker is actually each, every individual person in our church, that you are a salt shaker, that you carry the salt of Jesus. And it's your responsibility, your salt in you. If Jesus is in you, you're now the salt of this world. And now it's your responsibility to get your salt out, to get that out. I love it that I'm preaching with a baby here this morning because it makes me feel like at my home church because we have babies everywhere that preach with me. And, and I love it. It's about getting the salt out. And we've got to get it out of our life because it's your soul, your responsibility. It's amazing that people are like, they, blame, they want to blame people for their journey with the Lord, you know, where, where um, we come in and they're like, oh, I'm having a real hard time with the Lord and it's because of the preacher because he's not giving. Hey, don't you get your chance every day to open your Bible to grow? Yeah, to, to be encouraged and stuff. Your soul, your soul, your responsibility, your salt, your responsibility. And it says here, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. If you lose, if you have lost your saltiness, you've lost your usefulness. That's scary. Is that scary? You know, because we're actually here to be salt. I love how he says here in verse number 14, here's another way to put it, you're here to be the light bringing out the God colors in the world, bringing out the God colors 
in this world. Imagine like, I was going to say, who remembers? I don't remember at all, but I can understand going from like the black and white era in TVs, going to the colour, you know, era in the TV. Anyone remember that, you know? Who remembers that? Uh, my first TV was this old, I remember we didn't get a TV until I was like seven years old and it was like silver and it was this box and, you know, you, you look at that now and it's kind of like what I like to feel like in my era right now is going from that, you know, how the resolution of that screen to now the 4K screen. You know, it, I don't have a 4K screen at home but my friends have a 4K screen and I go, I'm like, whoa, that's a really nice screen. And it's those colours that come out. You know what? We need to bring the 4K of Jesus Christ out into our world. You know, those, those deeper colours, those brighter colours. Those we, we need to do that. That's what we're here to bring. We're here to bring that out. Where before it was black and white and then changed to colour. Or it was like, you know, standard definition to now 4K. Whoa, it's so much clearer. It's so much brighter. It's so much bigger. That's what we're called to be and to do in the church. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 in the NIV, it says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to, God, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Did you know that the moment light of Jesus is inside you is the moment that it shines from you? Isn't that amazing? That that means that you can be a Christian, you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe in Him. All of a sudden, He resides inside you, His light comes in you, then at that same time, it then shines from you. I love that, that it doesn't matter where you are on the journey of Christ, as you follow Christ. I love it how Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Anyone can follow Christ, and anyone can be followed as they follow Him. It, you don't have to do a cert for, a diploma, or a master's in theology, or anything like that, for you to disciple people, or to lead people, or to guide people. All you need to do is follow, follow Jesus, and as you do that, people can follow you. And that's what, what God's designed us to do. You see, a Christian without a mission is like salt that's lost its saltiness. It's like a Lamborghini without the engine. You know, it looks great. Whoa, look at that Lamborghini. Ooh. Anyone here would like a Lamborghini? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, it's around cars today. But you know what? A Lamborghini without an engine is useless. It's good for nothing. It's just there. It's just taking up space. But without that engine in it, without fuel in it, it can't go anywhere. It can't do anything. And then that's the church without our mission. Without its mission, our church, we, we've got a mission. And I love this, that, you know, we go around, we label churches. You know, we like, you know, we can label churches like that's a worship church, that's a teaching church, that's a prayer church, that's a teen church, that's a discipleship church, that's a trendy church. You know, but you know what? There are only two types of churches, an off-mission church and an on-mission church. There are two types of church. You're either an on-mission church or an off-mission church. And I love it that we have one purpose and one mission as the church. In Mark 16, verse 15, in the NIV, Jesus said, Go into all the world 
and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. When Jesus said go, he didn't say stop. When Jesus said go into the world, preach the gospel, hey, baptize people. I love it. I love it in the other version how, you know, preach the gospel, baptize people and make disciples. That's what we're called to do as the church, is to preach the gospel, baptize people, and make disciples. You know, all this, you know, Acts 1 verse 8, it's not, it's not for a tingle, you know, that, but you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. You see, all this power is actually for purpose. You know, I, I remember when I was 12 years old and I went with my mate and we went down to Bustleton and one of the dads that was down there on this farm, they were like, oh, do you want to go shooting? What 12-year-old boy doesn't want to go shooting? You know, what, what 12-year-old boy doesn't want to hold a gun? You know what I mean? And so we went out and we we're looking for foxes and we we're going through. We couldn't find any foxes or anything that morning, so we just shot, set up a, a target and we went to shoot targets. So, um, you know, he's showing us how to use the gun and that. And then my friend went first. And so he gets up there and he's like shooting it. And then it was my turn. And so I like got it, put it on my shoulder and went up. And then as I went up to shoot, he's actually given us tips. Hey, you know when you shoot, you've got to do this. And as, he, as I'm going up shooting, he's talking to me and I turn around to listen to him. And as I turn around, I relax my hand. I kid you not, true story, everybody. And the whole thing went off, the 22 went off in my hand, and it literally the bullet hit one meter beside his foot. <laughs> Let me tell you, he took that kind off me, I never got to shoot again. <laughs> because with great power comes great purpose. It's not just about giving someone a powerful thing to go use for the sake of it. You see, we don't give you know, guns to kids. I don't give a drill to my daughter, you know. I don't do those things because with great power also comes great responsibility. Thanks, Dark Knight Rises. Sorry, that was off that. But the thing is, is we don't, I don't let my daughter, I, I bought her a Cooper S. Um, you know, she's one and a half years old. I bought her a Cooper S from Audi. You know, it was battery operated. It goes five kilometers an hour. I'll never let her drive my car right now because it's too powerful for her and she doesn't have the ability for it. But, hey, she gets into that thing. She goes, crashes into the couch and all that. But I don't put her in that. You know what? With the church, God's given his spirit to the church, but it's for a purpose. We have a responsibility, church. We've got a reason why we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so we can witness. It's so we can actually show and we can be that salt and light in the world. Now, we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can give it away. We need that. We need that top up. And it's not saying that you come to church for it. It's saying that you go to God for it. It's saying that you open your Bible for that top up, the Holy Spirit as it fills you. And I love this, that I love it how we can focus on building the church but the problem is, Jesus Christ said that He would build His church. He actually told us to go preach the gospel, baptize people, and make disciples. So we've got to stop trying to build the church, doing what Jesus said He would do. And we've got to actually do what Jesus told us to do, to preach the gospel 
and baptize people and make disciples and you watch, then Jesus will build his church. Amen? It's not about us. We're not here trying to build the church. No, no, no. Jesus said he would build the church. He just asked for us to preach the gospel, baptize people and make disciples. And that's it. Is in Acts 20, in the Passion, it says here, but whether I live or die is not important, for I, do, I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me, which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. You know, my fear is that the good news has become old news. The good news has become the old thing. Hey, we've got to get back to why we're here. We've got to get back to church. What The joy of the Lord. Hey, we've got the best message on planet Earth. Hey, that there's a God that sent His Son, Jesus. Hey, so we could have everlasting, eternal life. You know, God does not have a mission for His church, but God has His church for His mission. You've got to get that. That God has his church for his mission. Every church, we don't, every church doesn't have its own mission. No, no, no. God actually has his church for his mission. So being involved is so important. Participating in the church is so important. You know, being the salt and light. And I love it here how he says here. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. Now, if I, I can have the worship team come and we're going to land this thing. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. God is not a secret. Um, before we, we had Lexi, we did uh, pregnancy classes. And um, we did them through, what, eight, eight weeks um, of pregnancy classes, and let me tell you, they definitely helped, because my wife, you know, any, any woman that's had a baby, you guys are awesome, you guys are incredible, and as we were in this pregnancy class, um, as we are going through, it would have been week six, uh, there was a guy in the class, and he was a little weird, you know, it was a little, little weird, just, you know, you have just odd people, and at week six, he comes up to me, and He's like, he found out, you know, that I was a pastor and that. And he's like, hey, just want to let you know that I'm a Christian too. And I was like, oh, no. Don't put me in your boat. Don't put me in your boat. Because it's like he's like a secret agent for the Lord. Hey, I'm a Christian too. And sometimes we can live our lives like that as secret agents for Jesus, like elusively working through. And then all of a sudden, like 10 years into a relationship with a person and, you know, we're friendship and, you know, in, with our work colleagues, all of a sudden we're like, they like say something and then all we're like, oh, we're, I'm a Christian. They're like, really? When did that happen? You're like, oh, I actually grew up and became a Christian. <laughs> I've been a Christian for 10 years. They're like, oh, sometimes we can be secret agents for the Lord where God wants us to go public with our faith. Now, I'm not saying let's be weird. Get me that. Like, let's not be weird. But we can do things in a way 
that's really helpful. I, at the moment, for the last few weeks, my friends have been asking me to come on radio, and I've been like, no, 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 for like a year and a half, and I've finally, you know, I think it's his last, like, stint on radio at the moment, Mornings with Mike, 98.5, anyone listen to that? He's a good guy. So, I've finally done, all right, yeah, I'm going to come, I'll come on, all right, for, for, you know, Mornings with Mike. So, every week, I get on there on the radio, and we, we have this yarn, Mike and myself, and and I'm trying to put the gospel in just normal language for people. And so, when I'm talking about the Bible, I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, Matthew, you know, 6 verse 8. I'm like, oh, in this book I was reading. And then I start to say about what it, you know, what it says in that. Love is patient, love is kind. I remember I did that the other week. And, and sort of talked a little bit about love being a verb and not a feeling. And right now... It's a, you know, our world conceives love as a feeling. And we're trying to preach the gospel in a way that, hey, is normal and that people understand. You know, and, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to be that flavor, the flavor. And I guess it's a lot like this. When you've got a great flavor, it's amazing. Um, I was flying from uh, Brisbane across home and, and as I was getting ready, before I get on flight, who knows, flight food, it's terrible, right? So I'm quickly getting a good feed before I get on the plane and I get this beautiful, like, um, Chinese, like, wonton soup, you know, of meat and all that in and I'm like, yes. But the problem was, was they took so long in making it. So I grabbed the soup and takeaway and I I popped it then into my bag because I need to get onto the plane. So I put it in my, yeah, wrapped it up. It's okay, I'm, it's all right. It's all right. It's, bear with me, everybody. I know you're like... So I get on, and I've got it, and then all of a sudden, I've got it on my bag. I'm keeping it up straight, and I'm being very careful because I'm really hungry, and I don't want plain food. And so as we sort of take off, it gets to that point where they're like, all right, you can undo your, your belt buckles and stuff. So I quickly, straight away, I'm getting out my wonton noodle soup, and I get it out, and I pop it on the plate, and I open it up, and it's steaming everywhere, still hot. I'm like, Yes. And then all of a sudden, there's this aroma going through the whole plane of my one-ton noodle soup, you know. And I'm like, and then the lady's coming down in the cart, right? And she's asking everyone, oh, what would you like? What would you like? And they're all like, what's he got? What's he got? I, can I have what he's got? And I'm like, sorry, I, I've got stuff from the, the airport, Chinese from the airport that I'm eating. They're all like, oh, darn it. You know what? That's what it should be like in our lives, People, just from how we live our lives, there should be this aroma. There should just be this, this. I know I shouldn't use this word aura, but or an atmosphere that's around your life. This positive, this faith in you that's coming out and around. That when people are hanging with you, they're feeling more encouraged. That whoa, what is that? What's it about you? What's that? And I think that's what God wanted us to live, lead this life that was like that. Jesus. Man, everyone was coming out of everywhere to come meet with Jesus, to check out Jesus, just to see Him, because they've heard stories about Him and and things. I believe He carried this aroma. He carried this atmosphere around Him. And wouldn't you want to carry that atmosphere too? Wouldn't you want to carry this when you go into your workplace? You know, you're, you're bringing this positive environment. When you're in your high school, there you are. You don't need drugs to talk about a good time. You're talking about youth and what you're doing there. I believe youth ministry is there to make sure that, you know, as we do it great when they go out into the world, it doesn't even compare to what the church has on offer. Amen? 
but hey, you know, we're right now in the time where one out of every five Australians will have mental health issues right now. And you know what? We're the church and we've got to change that. And we've got to be the changing agent because our world is suffering. Our world is, you know, in a, in a place that's quite hard. And, you know, it's, it's about actually getting the salt out of the shaker. It's actually about getting it out. And I want to implore, I want to stir you up. How are you going to get your salt out of you this week? How are you going to disperse your salt this week? How are you going to get it out of the salt shaker? Because the, the, the honest truth is, it doesn't matter what the salt shaker looks like. It's not about the salt shaker at all. It's actually about getting it out, getting it out and being the church, being what Christ Jesus has called us to be. I was coming back from the Formula One last year and as I was flying back, I was talking with this guy for like hours on this plane. And then as we got like three hours in, you know, and we're almost sort of ready to, to land, he's sort of, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. He's like, whoa, I never would have thought that. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I'm like, that's a compliment in my book because I want to be a salt dispenser that dispenses salt and flavor and the God flavors without being weird and awkward. And I believe we can do it, but we've just got to do it in a way that people can understand. Not go in and go, oh, the Lord is good this morning in your workplace, you know. Oh, how wonderful it is to be in this workplace, oh, God bless you. They're like, what? What's, what's up with you? You know, sometimes we can do that. We can be living on the cloud, living in the clouds, literally. And people, it just goes over their heads. But you know what? Where we can talk to them about a problem that they're having in their marriage and what we do and where we've learned our, what we know from the Bible, it can really help people and bring life. You know what? I would love to pray with you that you would do these three things. And this is the three things that it says in this scripture. It says, number one, keep open house. Would you keep open house? Would you open your house? How open is your house? Do people come and go? Are people feeling welcome from your house? Because this is what it says, keep open house. The next thing it says, be generous with your life by opening it up to others. How are you with opening up your life? opening up your time, opening up to other people around you? Or are you closed? Are you, sometimes we can be too busy. And it says here, the third thing, it'll be triggering people to open up to God. And that's what, we've, that's what we're called to do, is for other people to open up to God. So I would love to pray with you that you would keep open house, that you'll be generous by your life by opening it up to others and that it would trigger people to open up to God because that's His mission. Would you stand? If you want to keep open house, if you want to open your life to others so it would trigger people to open up to God, wouldn't just lift your hands with me because I'm in this same boat as well. Father God, we thank you that, that you are telling us why we are here. Father God, help us, Lord Jesus, not get so focused on the things that are not eternal. Money, houses, cars, status, image, 
stuff that we can never take to heaven. But Lord God, help us fix our eyes on the things that are eternal. Help us fix our eyes on people. Help us fix our eyes on this church. Lord, help us, Father God, disciple people. Help us, Father God, share the good news of you, Jesus Christ, in our lives. God, we pray. We don't just want to be getting in a rhythm of just the norm, Lord, but help us, Father, dispense this salt that you've put in our lives. Help us share your gospel. Help us share your words of wisdom and words of life. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, you've, you've, you've bring, brought great clarity this morning on why we're here, the church. Lord, help us, Father God, stir our faith to share it. Lord God, we thank you that it's not about us, but it's about you, Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would create great God opportunities as we open up our houses, as we open up our lives to others. Lord, we thank you that it will trigger people to ask the why. Why are you like that? Why? What would you do in this situation. And God, I pray that when that time comes, Lord, we would share your good news, that we would share the salt, that we would share the saltiness. We would be salty, Lord. And we pray, Father God, that you would help this church be the light like a city on a hill. Lord, that this place on the hills of Kalamunda would shine, would shine, would shine, that people would know you, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's lift a shout of praise to God. He's a good God. Come on, let's worship. Let's sing a chorus. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love.